And this portion of the KC Crew Podcast is brought to you by Cricket. Join Cricket Wireless this June in celebrating the unshakable spirit of HBCU music programs during Black Music Month. Because HBCU marching bands are showstoppers from the word go, they are a force of nature and a force for good. They are the epitome of poetry in motion. And just like black music, they are unstoppable. Cricket Wireless. And shout to Cricket Wireless for sponsoring the Casey Crew Podcast. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Kia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Hello, 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 beautiful people. And we are back. It's been a long time. And we missed you guys, man. We've seen all your texts, emails, DMs, comments. We've seen it all. And we just want to say thank you. It's been thank a, you. a up and down roller coaster of the last uh, month or so. And we just want to say thank you for all your prayers, all the uh, healing energy, positive energy. We just want to say thank you. We've been going through a lot. Um, if you haven't, we just want to uh, just say thank you. So we, it first started with um, Gia and I were heading out on vacation and we got a phone call that Gia's mother had passed. Then um, we didn't go on vacation. We, we dealt with that and family and everything that had to do with the funeral. Um, and it, it was just, you know, it was just one of those things where I would just say it, it wasn't, I don't want to say planned, but usually when somebody passes or sometimes when somebody passes, you know, when it's coming, right? They're sick, they're sickly. And this one wasn't the case. So, you know, we were all shocked and I'll be honest, we just didn't want to talk to anybody. We just wanted to stay home and cuddle and stay with each other. And at the same time, we had the news that Gia is pregnant, even though it doesn't look like it. You know, she looks like she's about two weeks pregnant, but um, she's pregnant. Five, almost five months, right? Almost six months? Five months? Whoa. Four months? <laughs> one of them will six. be right. Between, if you just keep between four throwing and out six. numbers, one of them will be right. Babies do, do around November, so just do the months backwards. <laughs> no, I'm four months pregnant. That's what I said. And the months. baby is due on November 26th. That's what I said. I said November. <laughs> I said between. And, and, and Gia has, uh, she went to the uh, doctor today. Um, for the sonogram, and the doctor was like, "Oh, you have stretch marks. <laughs> you want to see? You want to show me stretch marks? I can. If you show, want me stretch marks. show me stretch marks. So this um, doctor has done my ultrasounds in the past uh, with Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So she said, "Oh, this time you got stretch marks." <laughs> I said, "They're not stretch marks." Um, hold on, am I still in the frame, Estot? Okay. So if you can see. These are actually lines from a bathing suit when we went on vacation. <laughs> they're my, my jacked-up tan lines. Yeah, yeah jacked-up tan lines. So that kind of resemble. Yeah, they kind of look like stretch that. marks, right? Kind of sort of, but it's it's funny. Gia is the only person I know that gets a pale and pale tan. No, lines. that's it's not pale, no. and then it's tan. It's like pale and red, and then that's not tan. That's pale and red. <laughs> th no, that's a tan. That's that's, that's, that's tan. You, wanna, you call that tan? Rashawn, it's a tan. That's okay. That's that's a tan. Whatever. That's pale and red. <laughs> but um, that was funny. But so let me. So let let's break it down. You, let's let's break everything down. How we found out you were pregnant. Okay. So All right. um, um, I just don't want to talk about my mother. I understand. I just want to make it through mm -hmm. the podcast. I don't want to. This is positive, so we don't. We're not. I don't want to have any tears before. We do that. I'll say this much. Um, if you guys follow our podcast, if you've been with us for the last couple of years, you know that my mother had dementia. Um, 
And ultimately, her brain just deteriorated uh, to a point where she wasn't able to sustain. So um, that was the cause of death. And like he said, it was very, very, very unexpected. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll talk about it at a later date, probably a much later date, so that I can hold it together. I will say this, though. Can I just say one thing about it? Sure. If you're out there, and I know a lot of you have kids, um, I would say, and this sounds so crazy because Gia and I were so against this, but, you know, plan, plan for the future, right? And the reason I say that, and Gia's mom planned for the future, that's not the problem, that's not the situation, but when she did pass, uh, we didn't wait for an insurance check. We, I, we took care of everything, of course, but you don't realize how much things cost, right? And I didn't realize, I mean, not for nothing, this is the first passing that I've had to deal with in at least 20 years, honestly. So I have no idea. Usually, you know, it was just whatever. It was my grandmother 20 years ago. So I would just say plan. Make sure that your estate, that, you know, if, if you want to get buried next to somebody, if you want a mausoleum, if you, whatever it is, you take care of it. So that's one thing your family does not have to take care of. Um, that's what we did. After Gia's mom passed, we made sure that we paid for our own mausoleum. Uh, we paid for everything. So if something does happen to us, our kids can just worry about grieving and taking care of everything else. Right. So I would say to do the same for yourself. Yes. I mean, you brought it up so we can talk about it a little bit. Um, so my brother was under the impression that my mother wanted to be cremated. And I was under a different impression just based on conversations that we had had throughout the years uh, maybe speaking about other people's deaths or maybe after going to a funeral or something like that. Um, but she never actually said. And when my mother was diagnosed with dementia, she was about 67, maybe 67 or so, maybe around that, maybe a year or two before that. And she didn't foresee any type of illness or anything like that. She was healthy as a horse. So she didn't have those direct conversations with us. So I think what Rashawn is saying is maybe it's something that you talk about, even though it may be uncomfortable. I do not like the idea of cremation. And that's a personal thing. Um, when I go, I knew that I would not want my body to be burned. Um, a lot of people will feel, you know, you're gone. So what do you care? I care. <laughs> because if you're planning for it while you're alive, you have the luxury of making that decision. Um, I also personally don't really like the idea of being buried. Um, the idea of it feels claustrophobic. Um, I don't like the idea of being put into the earth. So I wanted for my mother to be laid to rest above ground. So we decided that she was going to be uh, put in a mausoleum. And, you know, when you picture mausoleums, well, at least me, I picture, you know, like a cemetery in Louisiana or something like that. And uh, a stone building and like the drawers or whatever. 
So Rashawn and I researched mausoleums and we visited two and they are absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Very, very, very tall walls. Um, and the walls are marble and they're sectioned off and you can purchase your space. So we found the perfect space for my mother and Rashawn and I decided that we, when we go, we want to be buried next to my mother. So we bought her a single spot and then we bought ourselves a double spot so that our caskets will be side by side. And while I'm alive thinking about it, it's a comforting feeling. So that's what we decided to do with my mother. This way, when people come to visit her, you're in a beautiful space. It's light filled. You don't have to worry about the weather, uh, any of the elements, snow, rain, you can go, you can take your time, you can bring flowers and just feel at ease while you're there. So that's what we chose for her. Um, but Rashawn is right. We decided to do it for ourselves so that when it's our time, it's not something that our kids have to worry about. They don't have to worry about what we want or where we want to be. And obviously one of all, more than likely one of us is going to go before the other. So these are just things that are put in order beforehand. Yeah. So, I mean, so like I said, just plan and make sure you do. I mean, it, it's morbid. It feels crazy, but it's the right thing to do. So that if you have kids or family members, they don't have to deal with that. That part of it is done. Uh, I don't want to talk about that anymore unless you do. No. But let's talk about some positivity. So uh, if you follow the podcast, you know, Gia and I have tried in vitro uh, several times, twice. It did not work. We were given shots in the back of clubs, in the back of restaurants, uh, in bathrooms, porta potties. I mean, never a porta potty. When it's time to do it, you have to do it. <laughs> I'd rather go in the grass than go in a porta potty. So we, we went through the whole process in vitro and nothing, no baby. Uh, it's crazy because if you follow us, you know, I'm having this car show in Atlanta, July 3rd. If you haven't got your tickets, get your tickets. It's going to be so much fun. But so I've been traveling to Atlanta a lot planning. Um, my assistant is kind of lazy, so I have to do everything myself. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking, Ben's just joking. Ben's is doing lies, an lies, job. lies. Ben's is really kicking ass with this car show. Um, he can't figure out how I did the, the past two car shows without uh, that much. A whole help. team. Right. But anyway, so we've been traveling to Atlanta a lot. So I, we had to go to Atlanta. We were in Atlanta for like three, four days. I came home for one day and I had to go right back out. During that, that day, I think I was home for eight hours. Of course, I beat it up. Boom, 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 boom. <sighs> Got out of Dodge. Uh, I thought that Gia had a period that next day. Uh, Gia and I, we don't check periods. It's not like we like, oh, period on the third. Oh, shoot, no period. So we just chilling, you know, chilling like a motherfucker. Chilling, 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 chilling. So it always happens like this. Damn, when did I get my last period? It's me. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, next day. When did I get my last period? I think I'm going to take a test. Okay. He pees on a stick. I think I'm pregnant. I'm like, how? I've been gone for 28 days. What do you mean? <laughs> she was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. So then I look at her and I'm like, if this baby comes out not looking like me, it's going to be a problem up in this motherfucker. <laughs> but I'm really thinking like, damn. So now we, we calculating because really I've been out of town for the last, that, at that time, that month. This is when the world opened back open and no lie, I'm going, I'm, I'm getting the bag. Like they owe me a bag for 16 months, 16 months. I ain't work. I've been sitting here on my motherfucking hands. I ain't DJ. I ain't talk. I ain't do shit. You open back up. I'm sticking you up. Give me. 
So anyway, I've been on the road. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, I've only been home one day. Yeah, like out of the 30 days, I've been home one day and we banging. So nah. you weren't home for one day out of the 30 days. They know what I mean. So anyway, <laughs> she's like, she's pregnant. So we like, I don't know, is she pregnant, pregnant or just pregnant? I'm going to tell you what I'd that love means. to know the difference. So, <laughs> so pregnant is you pregnant and we don't know if it's a healthy pregnancy or not a healthy pregnancy or it could be a fake pregnancy, right? Meaning it could say that you're pregnant, but really not. So we like, we don't know. So let's just wait for a second. Then we waited for like, I would say three weeks. Then we took another test and said pregnant again. So that tell me she's pregnant, pregnant, not pregnant, pregnant, like pregnant, pregnant. I'm explaining to you. So we don't say pregnant, pregnant until we go to the doctor and take the blood test and the doctor looks and everything. So we go to the doctor and we do the heartbeat test, right? It's not called the heartbeat test, but you guys understand what he means, right? Go ahead. They check the heartbeat, which is the heartbeat test. <laughs> and it tests. Uh, and, and for the record, he's telling this story all wrong, but I'm just going to let him we live. We're going to go do the heartbeat test? Everything you're saying is kind of wrong, but you're close, but kind of no cigar. We got the heartbeat test. Boom. Baby had a heartbeat. We like, yes. Doctor says, well, you know, yeah, you know your body. If if it's not a healthy pregnancy, your body releases it immediately. So this looks good. We're like, oh, shoot, this is good. Let's still not say nothing to nobody because just in case. So we just sat there and then we wait to the period, which is the three month where we can actually, you know, put the sonogram. That's what it's the called. The period. I didn't say the period. You did say the period. You said we wait for the period. I didn't mean that. We wait. <laughs> I meant, when I meant period, I meant the time. So we wait for the time oh. and we can go to the doctor and see the sonogram. <clears throat> we see the sonogram. The doctor was like, we can't hear the heartbeat. Oh, here it is. Heartbeat. Boom. We can see it. Boom. Good money. We got a baby. Now, this is the crazy part. Guy yelled at me. I'm going to tell you why. So this is some fuck shit, which I don't understand. And maybe somebody can explain it to me. I pay for my insurance, right? I pay. Not free. I pay for the insurance. I choose what doctor and hospital I want to go to. So that means I pay you guys. So if I want to tape the sonogram session, I should be able to tape the sonogram session. So I got my phone up like that. He's like, excuse me, sir. He said, I said no taping. What? I said, my nigga, I'm not taping. You want to see my phone? Oh, no, I'm sorry, I think. But he scared me, so I couldn't tape it. So I was kind of pissed <laughs> off. I really was taping. But I don't understand why I can't tape on something that I pay for. It's weird to me. But it's Well, it's not heart. really that you pay for it. We do pay for I, it. I, it's not really that you pay for it. It's that it's your baby. Yeah. So I feel as though they we protect be themselves. Able like if they fuck to up, record. They said HIPAA rules, but if they fuck up, they don't want the recording. But if they fuck up, I want the I recording. I don't know. I think it just might fall under privacy, but it's, it's my, my baby. baby. So I don't really understand the like, privacy. Well, it's really the uterus, but it's you know, you know what I mean. Baby doesn't grow there. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it's all right. We don't we don't need the details. But detail. anyway, we don't need the details. To baby be is good money. We're so happy. We're excited. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. We've been trying to pick out names. We're not sure. So if you have any name suggestions, please hit us up. And we're super duper excited. I don't care if it's a boy or girl. It really doesn't matter to me as long as the baby's healthy. So the results are actually in. Mm -hmm. We can find out when we're ready. But Rashawn claims that he is planning some type of special gender reveal, a private one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he means just he and I, he, I, and the kids, and Ben's, and Will, which is um, one of the kids' godmothers. Her name is Will France. We call her Will. 
Okay. <laughs> so when are we doing that? Because we could have found out at least a month ago. I have to huddle with my I'm about I, I'm about to call my doctor and just find out. Like, I'm huddle with I can't con- huddle I can't wait for you to huddle with your conglomerate. Right? It's not too many people, it just bends. Well, I need you to hurry up and figure it out Look, because we doing a car I, show, need, I, I need to know when I'm Googling names, I'm wasting a whole lot of time looking at the wrong gender. I only need one gender. So guys, um, if you're going to suggest a name, the first name has to end in N. And the middle name has to end in R. Sorry, I like Rashana. I thought Rashana was perfect. I thought it was so, sweet. I thought it was cute. So I thought it was nice. Rashana. R A A capital S H A N A. Rashana. So that will never happen. <laughs> so um, at all of our kids, they follow a pattern. So we have Madison Taylor, Logan Tyler, London Schuyler. Jackson Ryder and Brooklyn Jagger. So we need an N name and an R name. Let me ask you a question. So this is baby number six. How does it feel? Is there any difference in the pregnancy? Like, tell us what you're going through. Okay. So my first five pregnancies were a walk in the park. Um, Throughout the entire pregnancies, besides getting a belly at about maybe seven months. I think I popped out um, for all of them. I felt no signs of pregnancy whatsoever, except um, sleeping, sleeping a lot. This pregnancy, when I was in my second month, I had two and a half weeks of the feeling of complete starvation. And if I ate, I would only feel uh, normal for about an hour. And after an hour, to say that I was hungry doesn't suffice. She ate like a whole football team. To say that I was hungry, like absolutely. Everything. I Bagels. was starving. Chips. And the hunger was causing headaches. Dip. So avocado. I was, I had constant headaches. <laughs> yeah, a lot of avocado, <laughs> guacamole, Fruit, avocado guacamole. in any form. Oh my gosh, she ate so much. It was, it was. I was yes. so tired. Like I would bring up something to eat, then I would try to go to sleep, and right before I go to sleep, she she'd be like, "This is this is gear." Now you like we we've been together for a long time. You know what's in the motherfucking cabinet. She'd be like, "What's downstairs to eat?" <laughs> <laughs> you know ain't no goddamn food because you know there. i'm she'd just like, asking you to go get me something she'd be like she'd be like um well i like papaya today <laughs> now you know Not papaya, no mango, papaya but details mango. don't matter right so, but, but that's what it is she, she would want the weirdest things at the weirdest time mm-hmm. and then during that time i became very very finicky and that was the hard part there were things that i typically love that would just the idea of it was just like ugh how did I ever used to eat that? Like disgusting. Ew. But then I'd be so hungry and then I would look in the refrigerator and everything I turned my nose up at. So there were days where I just had to go to sleep hungry because I preferred the hunger over the disdain that I was feeling for everything that was in my refrigerator and pantry. So 
I slept a lot during those two and a half weeks, mm -hmm. ate a lot, and was finicky. And I never really experienced that. So that was different. Um, but now I'm back to normal. Now you're back to normal. Yeah. How yeah. does it feel for the last baby? Baby number six. This is it. This is the this finale. This is the last Grand opening, grand baby. closing. Done, done, done. Um, it feels, this baby feels amazing because we really, really worked for this baby. We worked for this baby. Um, to, Use my word, amazing. Maybe that's what we should yes, call the baby, God amazing. Forbid. God forbid. Um, amazing Casey. So before we tried in vitro, she just ignored me. We tried for about a year, which basically meant that we had the notion, like, if it happens, it happens, you know, not really looking at ovulation and things like that. But, you know, if it happens, it happens. We have enough sex. We're going to, we're sure we're going to hit our ovulation days. Um, and nothing happened the first year. And then just like Rashawn said, we did in vitro twice and that didn't work. Then it's funny. And I don't remember if I ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but the second round of in vitro, I got a negative test result after the transfer. And it was like, wow, maybe it's just not meant to happen. And I said, you know what? We have five. Five is good enough. We're being greedy, you know? Um, and I kind of just let it go. The very next month, we had a positive, mm -hmm. natural pregnancy test results. And I said, wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it could have nothing to do with in vitro. That ship had sailed. It was completely natural. We miscarried that pregnancy. And then we got pregnant naturally again and then miscarried that pregnancy. So that's what Rosham was referring to. By the time you hit the sixth, especially the seventh week, if you don't have a heartbeat, that means that the baby is not viable. Um, it's not a viable pregnancy. So both of those times, I had to have a DNC. Ah. I don't want to say I had to have a DNC. I had a DNC the first time was because I wanted to know why I miscarried. What was wrong with the embryo? They gave us that information. It's not really that important. Um, and then the second time I had a DNC because they gave me medicine to induce a miscarriage. And it did it, but it only did it halfway. Um, all of the contents weren't completely expelled. So I had to have a DNC to expel the rest of the contents. Not to be nasty, but I thought it was- Hold on. Oh, for people in the back that doesn't know what a DNC is. <laughs> he thought it was run DMC. He was like, I, I know that rap group. Um, okay. So Estot asked what a DNC was. Um, a DNC is when they pretty much, it's, it's a surgical procedure where you are put under, so you're under anesthesia, and they go in and they remove the contents of the uterus. So I had that twice. And at that point, Rashawn and I pretty much said, we're not going to try anymore. Um, I think we both ultimately let it go, mm -hmm. right? And then I wound up pregnant. So if you guys have had a similar story, let me know because this is what I think. I'm no scientist. I'm no doctor. But 
I've known many, many women that have tried. I know women that have tried for years. And I'll give you an example. I know two women who one tried for about six years and didn't wind up pregnant. And the other one tried for about eight years and the same thing. They both did in vitro. They both had multiple eggs inserted and both wound up with triplets. They both were overwhelmed, but ecstatic. And then they let their hair down. Like, all right, we have our kids. We have more than we ever wanted, more than we expected. We're done. And then both of them, two years later, wound up naturally pregnant with a fourth child. Um, And then you take into consideration what happened to me. And like I said a little while ago, many other women, I believe that there is something uh, going on inside women's bodies that may not be scientifically proven or there may not be any data collected. But I think that when you have stress and you have anxiety and for some women desperation associated with trying to get pregnant, it works against you. I don't know if it's a hormonal thing. I don't know if something else is released, but I don't necessarily think that it's just coincidence. I think maybe the desperation releases something that may be preventative or work against um, getting pregnant because a lot of women will tell you when you just relax and you don't think about it or you're not necessarily trying, that's when it happens, you know? And when I went to my doctor finally, because like Rashawn said, we didn't. Usually when I get a positive pregnancy test result, I make a doctor's appointment. Like I want, I want a urine test further along. I want a blood test. I want all types of verification. This time we didn't even get excited, you know, when we found out because we have learned to be cautiously optimistic. So every other time we were jumping around the room, ring around the rosy, you know, just very, very ecstatic. And this time we were just like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. So we didn't go to my doctor until maybe five and a half weeks, um, going into the six weeks. So the first time that I went, there was a heartbeat and I was like, okay, that's good, but may not last. We went the next week. There was a heartbeat. We went the eighth week. I went back every single week. And then when I, that was my fertility specialist, uh, then he turned me over to the gynecologist because he couldn't see it all the way through because we didn't get pregnant through in vitro. It was a natural pregnancy. So then he had to turn me over to my gynecologist who again, confirmed the pregnancy. And everyone pretty much said that if you sustain the pregnancy through your third month, the chance of miscarriage is very, very unlikely. So I feel comfortable and confident that this baby will be born. So that is our pregnancy story. And this portion of the Casey Crew podcast is brought to you by Shine. Your bank account should work with you, not against you. Shine is an award-winning app and debit card with no hidden fees or monthly minimums. After all, you earned your money. You deserve to keep it. Now, we all know we need extra money. I mean, Father's Day or I should say birthdays and holidays. Yeah, we need the extra money. You can get your paycheck, benefits, stimulus check, and tax return up to two days earlier with direct deposit. Join the millions on Chime. Sign up takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Apply now at Chime.com slash Casey Crew. 
That's Chime. That's Chime.com slash Casey Crew. Chime is a financial technology company. Banking services provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank North America or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $100 by Chime. Early direct deposits depends on the payer. Out-of-network cash withdrawal fees apply. Third-party and cash deposits fee may apply. Go to Chime.com slash Casey Crew for details. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. We have three little ones. Mm-hmm. This new baby arrives. What do you think the three little ones are going to think or want or do or feel? Oh, they're going to think that he or she is a toy. <laughs> no, they're going to be jealous. Um, they're already jealous now. They fight for attention. Yes. But Every I, night, Brooklyn tries to sleep in our bed. Brooklyn yeah. will try to jump on me and lay on me for hours. Now, this new baby comes and I'm holding a new baby. I I'm, disagree. You think so? Okay, what I do? think that they are going to fall in love with this baby and think that it is a toy. I think for the first month, yes. And then I think for the second month, they're like, nah, fuck this little chick or dude. I want so-and-so. No, I don't think so. Okay. I really think that they are going to fall in love because they're all old enough to appreciate having a new baby in so the house. How are you going to handle this new baby? What do you mean? And by the way, Esther said not Brooklyn. And I'm telling you, Brooklyn is going to get jealous. But well, we will see. We'll see which one of us are right. Okay. Um, so how you handle this new baby? What do you mean? How are you going to handle it? I'll pick no, I he mean, or she up very carefully. <laughs> I will rest her on my lap. <laughs> I will cuddle her gently. Meaning, are you going to spoil her? Are you going to be on top of her all the time? Yes. Like, what, what are your things? I worked for this baby. I prayed for this baby. I begged for this baby. <laughs> I have been on my hands and knees for this baby. Don't make a joke. Don't make a, don't, don't make a joke. You said it yourself. I have, like, this baby. I wonder if that's not going to continue to talk behind the scenes while we do the podcast. No, we're no, good. No, it's time. <laughs> Just starts talking behind the scenes. Um, yeah, no, this, this baby, this baby actually, um, is a sign of the appreciation that I have for all of our children. This baby really makes me realize, not that we don't know how much of a blessing children are, but when you have to fight for something, and like I said, when you pray and you hope and it's constantly on your mind and you go to such measures, achieve something when you get it it really does bring on a whole new level of realization for you and appreciate for me you know women that have problems with fertility and that have struggled um you know i've said on the podcast before that i'm grateful for all of our, our trials and tribulations all of our misfortunes all of the negative things that have happened because Despite the fact that you learn from them and there are lessons attached, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you gain a different sense of compassion and empathy because we can only understand each other as much as we can without walking in your shoes, without experiencing that ourselves. When you experience something yourself that you never thought that you'd experience, then you get to have a different level of understanding 
and it makes you wiser and it builds more character. Um, so for me, I understand the hurt, the pain, the struggle of not being able to have children, especially when you see that it's so easy for other women. So for me, you know, <clears throat> our first four were especially easy with Brooklyn. I had a miscarriage in between Jackson and Brooklyn. So I gained a pre, but then I got pregnant with Brooklyn right away. So mm. that was okay. Um, but then this last part of the journey, I really have a deeper understanding. So there was a positive um, behind all of that. And then we wound up with what we ultimately wanted. So you get the baby, you get the lesson, um, you gain more compassion, more empathy. So it's, it's, a, it's a good way for me to look at it. Uh, I just want to ask one more question before we continue on and move on to something else. For people out there that, that know, they know that, that you lost your mom and uh, now you're pregnant with baby number six. But people would ask, like, how do you heal? It was just our 20 year anniversary. It was just Mother's Day. How does Gia heal? How do you take time out for yourself to just heal? Heal from my, mother, my mother's passing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's actually a good question. And there is an answer. Um, of course, you guys watch the podcast. I don't need to tell you how much I absolutely adored my mother adore my mother. Um, we were beyond close, beyond close. When Rashawn and I were in college, my mom didn't really sleep much. She was a little bit of an insomniac. So she would get up for work at about four, four thirty in the morning, but she'd be awake at two, two thirty, three o'clock. She might only close her eyes for an hour every night for as long as I could remember. And she always had energy and was up and peppy and whatnot. And I'd be at his apartment, snuggled up with him, asleep, 18, 19, 20 years old. And in the middle of the night, my phone would ring. It'd be three o'clock in the morning. And I'd pick up the phone and I'd be like, hello. And she'd be like, hey, Gia, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? Sleep is up. You know, like, are you on fire? Like, what's going on? Um, that was my reaction the first time, but then that just became a normal thing. My mother would call me at any time of day, mm -hmm. at any point, and Rashawn would look at me and be like, <sighs> and I'd be like, it's my mom. And then I'd be like, I'm going in the living room because I'm going to talk to my mom. And I would get up, get out of the bed, grab a blanket, snuggle up on the couch, and talk to my mom for an hour and a half on the phone. Um, and she wasn't calling me for anything. It was literally for a what's up. And then we would just find things to talk about. You know, we were close. We were friends. You know, I have to say she's been the only person in the world besides my father that I've ever taken advice from that I've ever asked, like, what do you think? Or what do you think I should do? That's just not a question that I ask. You know, for me, I've always figured things out on my own and done what I thought best. But I had that much trust in her opinion. Like she gave the best advice. She knew what she was talking about, you know? Um, so, you know, stories. 
you know a lot about my mother. Um, so when she passed, it was absolutely devastating for me. And it's, you know, for me, I am, um, I don't want to say it's hard for me to be vulnerable, but it's not a space that I typically exist in, you know? And when it comes to grief, in order to grieve properly, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. So I had to get comfortable with that. And that helped me. That helped me. Um, and this baby helped me. So let me put a couple things into perspective for you. So when Rashawn and I got engaged, we planned our wedding about a year out. And then shortly, you know, we went, we made all of our wedding plans and um, as far as finding the venue and choosing a date and all of that. And then while we were engaged, I got pregnant. So, and it was early on, it was about maybe a month after the engagement, because once you propose, I think the next day, no, no, the next week, we ran out and made all these plans, found our venue, everything. And then maybe a month in, you know, I found out that I was pregnant. I was like, or maybe a month and a half, maybe six weeks in. And we were so excited. And we said, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. We both adore our mothers. We should get married on Mother's Day. But Mother's Day was just a couple of months away. <laughs> so when we got married, I was three months pregnant on Mother's Day of that year. And then here we are 20 years later and on our 20 year anniversary, I'm three months pregnant again. So 20 years prior, I was pregnant, three months pregnant with my first and 20 years later, I'm three months pregnant with my last. And at that point when my mother passed away, it was only... Tuesday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was five days before Mother's Day. And I said to Rashawn, you know, he has to be laid to rest on Mother's Day. Um, because not only did we get married because on Mother's Day because I was pregnant, um, it was also to honor our mothers. And it was just so um, full circle, if you will. Um, and everything just lined up that for me, it was a must. So to get everything planned and to get everything in order and to get everything perfect for that day um, was very important to me. Part of my healing process was going through all of that and knowing that my mother could bear witness to it all and be pleased. I knew that she would be pleased with everything that we did. And that actually brought me such happiness throughout the process. Um, that was part of my grieving. 
So I told Rashawn, I've been telling everybody, like, I think the baby is a girl. And tr truthfully, I would have never vocalized that. I would just keep that to myself. But I feel strongly that it's a girl, like I feel it. Because up until my mother passed away, everybody would ask me, like our close family, like, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? And I had no feeling. Like, I have no idea. And I usually, you know, with the babies, I've always had a feeling like, oh, I think it's this. I think it's that. Oh, I think it's going to fo follow the pattern. Boy, uh, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. And um, I had zero inkling or intuition. And then once my mother passed, I just got this feeling, you know? Um, could be wrong, but I really do. Or you still don't know? I don't know. You don't have a feeling? Mm -mm. I have a feeling. Um, so that helps me. I feel as though this baby, regardless of its sex, will have my mother's spirit and my mother was special. So I'll know early on, you know? Um, so I don't know. I feel as though this baby will be like my mother, <laughs> you know, like have the soul of her. Um, and that's also helping me. And to be honest with you, when people um, have someone in their life that passes, as one of their loved ones, you never really know what to say because everything that you come up with sounds so repetitive. And even though it's not disingenuine, you may feel as you're um, wishing them peace, comfort, wishing that their loved one rests in peace. You may feel as though it comes off disingenuine because you know that they heard it 80 times earlier that day. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that has really, uh, to say that it brings me comfort is an understatement. Um, the one thing that really has gotten me through is knowing that my mother is with God. And knowing that even though my mother didn't know exactly what she was going through while she was here because she was that far gone mentally. Um, I know that she couldn't have been truly happy mm -hmm. because she couldn't experience her family in the way that had always made her happy. Sometimes she didn't recognize um, some of us. She didn't recognize me once, and that was devastating. Um, but then... You know, I would come downstairs into the living room and she would say to me, Kia, how many kids do you have? There's this one, there's that one, there's the other one. And I think there's more. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, so there's this one. I would pull out my phone back, see this is a picture. And, you know, um, and then waking up and not really being familiar with your surroundings, not really knowing where you are, that confusion. Um, sometimes it would turn into depression because you're just unaware of your environment. Um, sometimes the paranoia, um, when you're not in your right mental state, I can only imagine the tremendous amount of stress that's involved with that. And that's what my mother was going through. 
even with all the love that we showed her and all the time that we spent with her. And I always made sure that she was active. I always made sure that she was doing something. She was always with us. As much as we poured into her, she was not her whole self. So what has been healing for me is knowing that she is in paradise, eternal paradise, and she is with God in her whole being, her mind intact, experiencing true happiness. And even though she's not with us in a physical way, she is with us every day and experiencing that joy from witnessing us from above. All of the things about me and my family and my brother and his family that has made her happy, she can see and she can experience now, knowing that she's with my father, knowing that she's with her parents and all of her loved ones that had gone before her. She is happy now. And that, that has been my beacon. That is what has gotten me over, I think, the worst part of my grief. And I say I think because grief happens in stages. Grief, from what I understand, can hit you when you least expect it. But I can tell you what I'm experiencing today. And that has gotten me over the worst part of it. When I was able to come to terms with that, it took away a lot of my sadness because I'm more concerned about her and her happiness and her soul than I am about my happiness and how much I miss her. I held it together. We wound up talking about her. Um, but those are the things. Those are the things that has um, been key in my healing process. And I'll say a prayer when this um, podcast is over for any of you that are listening or watching that may be going through something similar because that's probably the other thing that helped me through it, all the prayers that we've received from people that we know and love and from people that we've never met. Um, there were just times where I felt days where I felt comfort just kind of come in and swoop me up and cradle me. And I didn't know where it came from. And I think it's from the outpouring of love that Rashawn was thanking you for in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. So well, that's, that's how she heals. I just wanted her to explain that. So if uh, anybody's going through it, you know, you can kind of feel what somebody else is going through as well. So one last thing before we go. So now, next thing we have to talk about is this vacation. Mexico. Cabos. Oh, wait, the one that we went on? Yes. Okay. A lot of people were asking, how did we like Cabo? For our anniversary, we went to Cabo. Well, I'm, I'm going to clear something up really quickly. Clear what up? Um, so, like Rashawn told you guys earlier, um, we were supposed to leave. Well, May obviously was our anniversary month. Uh, May 13th was our anniversary. And it was our plan to travel all month. So the first trip was 
to Turks and Caicos. And we were supposed to leave that Wednesday and our flight was at 8 a.m. But I got the call about my mother at 5 p.m. on Tuesday. So hours before we were supposed to board. So clearly we didn't go. And the way that we arranged the trips was that we would get back from Turks and Caicos and then be home for Mother's Day. I did not want to be away for Mother's Day. And then right after Mother's Day, we were going to leave for Cabo, come back and then leave again for another vacation. Um, I told Rashawn and Mercedes that I wanted to cancel Cabo trip. Um, actually, I told them just cancel both trips. And they said, are you sure that that's what you want? And I remember saying like, how can I go on vacation when mother just passed? Like, are you kidding me? Um, and they said, okay. And they didn't cancel the second trip. And I didn't find out until maybe nine days before we were supposed to leave. And I asked Rashawn, why didn't you cancel the trip? And he said, because sometimes you think you know what you need when you don't actually know what you need. And I responded by saying, how can I go and try to have fun on a vacation? And he said something that was pretty wise because I certainly didn't think about it that way. He said, the trip isn't going to be about having fun. The trip is going to be about letting go and relaxing and being able to get your mind right. He said, while we're at home, there's constant reminders, um, flowers coming, phone calls, texts, emails, cards. There's the children that when you do want to just go and lay down and think and reflect and figure yourself out, they're constantly coming through the door, asking questions, needing mommy, needing mommy, needing mommy. He said, you need a break. Mm -hmm. You need to just separate yourself from your normal reality so you can concentrate on you and what you need and what you want. Um, right now. And I did want serenity. I did want peace and I did want quiet. And he said, I don't want to remember our 20 year anniversary with sadness and grief. I want to remember something positive coming out of it. And if it's your healing that begins there, then that's what I want. So I agreed to go and we went and it was perfect. It was perfect. We relaxed, we talked, I was able to reflect, and I had my quiet. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, Cabo was beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cabo was beautiful. We stayed at two different resorts mm -hmm. um, so that we could have two different experiences. Um, one was supposed to be more of like a fun type of resort. And the other was supposed to be more of a uh, luxurious, mm -hmm. adult-only, um, quiet, relaxing mm -hmm. type of resort. And one was on the Pacific Ocean. Correct. So 
even though it was 80 something degrees, mm -hmm. 88 degrees, mm -hmm. the wind that was coming off of the Pacific Ocean was chilly. It felt to me like it was like 62 degrees and it was very, very windy. Um, so it wasn't easy to just go outside and lay down and enjoy the weather. A lot of people did though. A lot of people all laid out by the pool. I'll change that. It wasn't easy for me mm -hmm. to go outside. I get cold very easily and I don't want to be constantly mindful of my hat blowing all over the place, my caftan blowing all over the place, my sunglasses blowing off and getting scratched. Like I didn't want that. So we spent a lot of time inside the resort, which was beautiful. And that was nice. And then when we went to the other resort, LeBlanc, LeBlanc, oh, the um, first one was Hard Rock. Yeah. So first we stayed at the Hard Rock because it's more like, you know, there's parties and like fun type of thing. Um, then we went to LeBlanc mm -hmm. um, and it's on a different body of water. I can't remember. It's on a sea. It starts with a sea, the something sea, which is calm. And um, when we walked outside, we weren't hit by a single wind. And we said, oh, so we spent a lot of time outside there. Um, but it was interesting, you mm -hmm. know, the different locations provided, you know, different um, outdoor experiences. But we got massages every day. LeBlanc was beautiful with the massages. Everything was So nice. was Hard Rock. They Hard both Rock, our room was a lot bigger. Um, but it was just, they were just both beautiful places. Hard Rock, the food was great. LeBlanc, the food was amazing. Everybody was so nice, the staff. Everybody was just willing to help or uh, whatever we wanted. Uh, on LeBlanc, they gave us a butler. Mm -hmm. uh, every person, when you check in, you get a butler, which is pretty cool. So there's butlers for everybody. So if you need anything. So I broadcasted from when I was out there. Uh, and it was things I needed to make sure that I could broadcast. And they set it all up, no problems opened up the private business room for me to do it, which was really, really cool. And we didn't really experience outside of the resorts. We didn't have to. I mean, everything was good. The food was great. They had so many different restaurants. If you like hibachi, if you like sushi, if you like Italian, if you like a steakhouse, they had all um, Mexican. They had, had a Lebanese restaurant. Yeah, Lebanese. Mm -hmm. They had so many different restaurants and the food was tasty. And The food was uh, great. The dessert was tasty. I gained eight pounds. In that, la in that week, um, I lost it back, but I gained eight pounds during that time. And it was just, it was just a great time. You know, people ask, we've never been to Kabul. This was our first time in Kabul. And it was just nice and beautiful. Um, it was just one of those vacations where we didn't do much, but that's what was needed. Like, usually we are the runningest people ever. We're yeah. on quads. We're on jet skis. When I plan a, a vacation, a you need a vacation after the vacation Absolutely. because I set up an itinerary and every hour of every day is accounted for. Absolutely. I want to make sure we have fun and I'm a daredevil. Like I want to do fun. Like, I mean, not that this pertains to vacations, but I love roller coasters. Mm -hmm. There's not a roller coaster I won't go on. I love anything that's thrilling. So like on vacation, yeah, like ATVing, zip lining, any type of boat rides. Uh, I would love to go, uh, Hang gliding mm -hmm. one day. Um, we've been uh, skydiving before. Like, I like to do things like that. Yeah, but a lot um, of that we're not doing. I know you said you want to do hang gliding. No, you're not doing no hang gliding. What do you mean? You're going to jump off what? 
a cliff. That's how it works. Then that you big die. triangular. Then you die. Who takes care of the babies? That's what you're worried about. You're not just you're not worried about just the fact that I lost my life. Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's like that's like that's, that's, that's where too, your mind goes. That too, yeah, um, that too. But you know, yeah. but who's gonna take care of the babies? Well, you can figure that out since you're so concerned about it. No, you're gonna make me jump with you, so we both gonna die. So I mean, like you could just watch in video as long as you get my pictures, my videos, and my angles. I'll be happy. <laughs> so no, you're not hang gliding. But whichever way. Um, so this trip, I didn't want to do any excursions. So we didn't no. do so much as a catamaran, banana boat, private yacht, like nothing, nothing. But they had cool shows. They had uh, we did fireworks one night uh, for our anniversary dinner. We, I mean, they had uh, fire tricks and dancers, and it was just it, whatever. <laughs> they, they did not have pool dancers. Dancer, okay, uh huh. They had a lot of entertainment on the beach and things like that. So it was just a nice way to yeah. relax. And that's how um, we took that vacation. So if you want to go, I think it's LeBlanc and also Hard Rock in Cabo. Both were amazing. You'll love both of them. But it's time for us to get up out of here. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys next week back to our regularly scheduled programming. And we just want to say thank you again. Don't forget, my car show is July 3rd in Atlanta, uh, August 14th in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, Both are going to be amazing. Celebrity cars, exotic cars, cars from different eras. uh, And it's called Carcella now. And the reason it's called Carcella, because not only do we have cars, we have amusement rides for the kids. So get your tickets if you haven't. Tell them what amusement rides are going to be there. Uh, All types. It's going to vary from city to city. So in Atlantic City, we have a Ferris wheel. Uh, we have swings in uh, Atlanta. We have a rock climbing wall. We have carnival games. We have trampolines. We have obstacle courses. Rides. Ride rides. What? What? The other rides. The swings. There is. Uh, I don't know what the name of the rides are. That's not what I do. I just said I like this one. But we have a bunch of. <laughs> he was just pointing at things on the screen. Yeah. Order this. Order that. Order, order that. Order this. And we will see you guys next uh-huh. week. And hopefully, we'll see you at the car show. All right? Yes, we'll be there. All right. Well, I'm DJ Envy. And I'm Gia Casey. This is another edition of the KC Crew. Doodles.